1: Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don show. Starring Ron and Don and sometimes me at rondon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 643 of the Ron and Don Show, and we are back live in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, don't forget, Ron and Don Sell the Sound. If you need us, let's make a real estate plan now. You can reach out to us and find out more where.
0: Yeah, ronandonsitdown.com, whether you're a buyer or a seller. We even have guides, uh, playbooks that we wrote to to get you prepped if you haven't done a real estate transaction in a long time. Just reach out to me, ron at ronanddon.com, and I can get that to you.
1: Yeah, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, Uh, How about that World Series? Did you watch it? Me neither. No one did. Uh, Baseball has a real problem, you guys, which uh, saddened me, right? We're going to talk about that and also (laughs) what happened to Matthew Perry. I have to say uh, I was very moved by the life he lived, the book he wrote, and uh, what he said before he... Passed the other day um and i think it's important to share and important talk about we're talking about that though let's talk about this going into a restaurant and ron there's a story that says uh there's a there's a restaurant i know ron would support this Uh, there's a restaurant and they have just decided if you bring an unruly child into the restaurant they're going to add fifty dollars to your bill
0: (laughs) yes this is a story comes out of georgia They have printed on their menu, uh, and the, the reason why this went, went viral is because they had to enforce it. They have a printed on their menu. Uh, it's a, a, a fee, like you just said. If if the children, it's a, the fee for the the way they worded it was that they are penalizing the adults. For not monitoring their children. No, they, so they, should. So they're, they're, they, they didn't say we're penalizing the children. They're saying the adults should know better and the adults should have this dialed in. So we're, we're doing a $50 surcharge for the adults. So the, the, when they had to invoke it, uh, it was a table of 11, 11 adults and eight children. Uh, They came into the restaurant. The parents all thought their kids were doing great. Of course. And at one point, (laughs) they got up, and and I guess this is one of those restaurants that's on sort of like a sidewalk frontage. They, They This table could see outside the window, so the kids went outside, and they claimed there was an adult supervisor out there, and the kids were basically running around screaming in front of the restaurant. So when the bill came... Uh, the, the, the head parent in charge thought they'd done great. And so she was very there's a, pleased. There, there's a head parent. Well, the parent that was that uh, was sort of featured in the story yeah. thought that she was very pleased with how the, the eight children did together. Restaurant, not so much. They invoked the $50 fee. And then immediately the story went to social media. Uh, the woman was offended. She gave him a one star review on on Yelp. Of course. Uh, it got picked up uh, by the news. And, and here we go. So um, I'll let you respond first because I, I don't have kids.
1: You know what? I see this on airplanes, and I also see this at uh, sometimes when you go to dog parks, and I certainly have seen this in restaurants. And I have to say, when somebody comes up to me, and, they, and, and we've talked about this before, and they say, wow, you're lucky you have a really well-behaved dog. Or they say, wow, you're lucky you have a really well-behaved son. And I often think of my friend, uh, Gary Verrill, who uh, is a great friend of ours, a great friend of the show. And he is one of the best B3 and piano players you ever hear. And Ron and I have been friends with Gary for a long, long time. And we're sending him and his family lots of love right now. And 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 I remember talking to Gary because he's he's a ram rider. He would ride his bike across America. One of the first guys to do it. You saw him on ABC Wilder Sports. And then also, who, who are some of the bands that he that he played with? I or played some with of the, Steve
0: Miller. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, he's played with. Uh, Dr. Funk was a local band that he played with. Yeah, Tower Power. Um, he right. did. I, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. But yeah, some big names.
1: Yeah, he played some big names. Well, <laughs> he's played with Clapton. He played with Stevie
0: Wonder. Yeah, yeah. He played with U2 a couple of times.
1: Here's, a, here's the number one thing that bothers him, and he's a he's a really humble guy. When people would come up and they just see the athlete that he was able to ride his bike across America— Or they would see him play the B3, because not only could he play the B3, he could play the foot pedals, the bass pedals at the same time, and then he could play a baby grand, and then on the other side, he could play a set of keyboards, and he could spin around and play all that stuff at the same time, right? Uh, Amazing. And he said the thing that drove him nuts is when people would come up and they'd say, wow, you're so lucky, Uh, that you're this gifted athlete or you're so lucky that you're this gifted musician. And he told me, you know where the luck comes from, Don? It comes from when I was six years old Sitting on that piano bench for five and six hours a day. That's where the luck comes from. He said, You, you know how I ended up riding a bike across America? Because I would sit there, and in the days I, I wasn't playing piano, he goes, I'd go up to Rosario, for instance, Mount Constitution. I'd ride up and down Mount Constitution 10 times. I don't know if you've ever done it on a bike. I've done it one time ron tried to do it with gary i ended up walking my bike uh ron that day did better than i did it is very very difficult it's because he trained it's because he did the work he put his work it's the same with being a parent it's the same with being a dog owner like i like to feel like charlie is a good boy because we've worked with him right and i i like to feel like my son is is a good young human and a considerate human certainly not perfect but because of the people that he has around him, people like Ron. Did you and- use the
0: shock collar on the dog <laughs> yet, and your son?
1: <laughs> so, so anyway, it does drive me nuts. When you get on a plane, you go into a restaurant, everybody's in tight quarters, you're out celebrating something, trying to have a conversation. And the next thing you know, the mashed potatoes are starting to fly. And Hey, I understand when you go up and down in a plane, a baby's going to cry, but, but, but the parents sometimes that don't even quite try to quiet that child or don't know how to do it in a restaurant and, an airplane it drives me absolutely nuts and i don't think 50 dollars is enough congratulations to this restaurant because even though they got a one star i bet there's people lined up out the door right now so what are your thoughts
0: i i, I have a different standard for the airplane because you can't go anywhere yeah i really feel for parents uh especially on a longer flight um i do question sometimes when you see like a newborn of like, and I don't know what the science is on this. I wonder about if it's a good idea to take a newborn on a long flight just as the physiology of that.
1: And they can't pop their ears.
0: Right, so So I I wonder about that. But again, I'm not a doctor. So I have a little more of a fuse because I can put my headphones on. I know that they know. It's not like they can leave the airplane. Um, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're, they're trying. Yeah. So sometimes there's parents that just don't give an F and, and you, you do, I do raise an eyebrow at them in a restaurant though, or a movie theater or a public space. You can get your kid and you can leave. Yeah. Like you can go out while they're throwing their tantrum or whatever and go outside yeah. and do a correction, be self aware. But this to me applies to anybody that's not self aware. Uh, and so it doesn't just have to be with kids. You can have grown adults that are not being self. Like my, one of my pet peeves in life is uh, you'll be at the mall. Let's say you're on the escalator and someone will get off the escalator and, and talk to their uh, other adult, okay, so we're gonna meet at Orange Julius and have it. It's like, dude, pe- people are coming off the escalator. Like, step aside. Oh, here we you go. You don't have to stand like so anybody that's not self-aware, uh, I have the same feeling for. But in this case, if those kids I I don't know, if the parents like, hey, they were screaming outside. Um, but if there were tables outside or if the door was open, I can see how the restaurateur was like, we don't want eight kids in our restaurant. Right. So extra 50 bucks. Let's
1: talk about friends on the other side of this.
0: Hey, Ron and Don here. You know, summer is in full effect. It means a lot of road trips. Nothing worse than having something malfunction when you're far away from the house. That's why we recommend you go to Les Schwab and get your free pre-trip safety check where they're going to do visual inspections on everything on the car and give you their honest opinion on if anything needs to be done. If nothing needs to be done, you're on your way. You have some confidence going on your road trip. And let's talk about brakes. That's something a lot of people don't check out. And so are they sluggish? Are they working properly are your pads correct stop by Les Schwab they're going to do a free visual brake inspection it's a quick trip tell you uh, if your family is going to be safe on your road trips all right Les Schwab get that free pre-trip safety check it really gives you peace of mind before you go out on the road Les Schwab they've been doing the right thing since 1952 Hey, it's Ron and Don here. I hope it's sinking in that this is the new normal for real estate. Interest rates are not going back to 2.75%. They're just not. Uh, That was artificially suppressed uh, by the government, and now they've taken that suppression off. This is the new rate. What does that mean? Well, if you've been standing on the sideline, waiting for interest rates to come back down before you make a move, this is your sign that that strategy is not going to work. Don, as soon as real estate interest rate prices come down, even a percentage, a flood of people from the sidelines is going to jump back in, and it's going to be another frenzy here in the Pacific Northwest. I hope you reach out to us. Start a strategy right now at ronandonsitdown.com.
1: Yeah, and if you're thinking about buying... Think about buying and adding doors to the property that you're going to buy. If you're thinking about getting into multifamily, I love multifamily because multifamily means multi-checks. And it used to be in the city of Seattle, if you bought a single family home, you couldn't add more doors to it. You can make really almost any property in the city of Seattle. A multifamily property, even if it's in a neighborhood where it's a single-family home. You could add 280Us to your property. I just helped a couple do that up here on Queen Anne. Uh, you could take an old craftsman, turn it into a triplex. I own a number of those. So instead of having a rent check come in every month that's 3500 or 4000 I have three rent checks coming in every month for 3500 or 4000 for that particular property, Right unbelievable so the city is really encouraging us to live higher and denser and you know what if you own a piece of property in the city of seattle and you want to add doors and add checks just reach out to us reach out to me reach out to ron at ron and more of the guys coming up in just a minute all right you guys welcome back uh, to the ron and don show and it- you probably already know Matthew Perry uh, passed away from the television show Friends. And I have to say, one of the final things he said before he passed is he wanted to be remembered for helping people before he was remembered for that television show. He was very proud of that television show. And I have to say, his castmates, I have great respect for all of them because instead of going out and saying different things and posting pictures, they released a statement as a group. It was a very lovely statement, and th- and then I love what they did. They said, "You know what? We just need a pause. We just need time to grieve. Uh, this is very sudden for us, and 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 we'll be prepared to talk more about Matthew and what he meant to us. But 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 right now, we're 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 going to take this moment. I'm so.
0: really glad that you said that because one of the things we were talking about pet peeves in the first segment. I have really complicated feelings about when someone famous dies and immediately people flood to social media, especially if they had a picture with this person. So it could be Prince and you never... You weren't friends with Prince. You didn't hang out with Prince, but you went to a Prince show, or maybe you took a selfie and Prince was walking behind you and you make it about your relationship with Prince or with Matthew Perry. Or Mm, that's good. And it's like, you know what? That that to me is really hard because if you actually knew Matthew Perry, um, you probably, you know, you could reach out to his family or reach out to his friends, put it going, going straight to social media. I struggle with it, but I also get the... Part about public grieving like there are certain people with a, a stature to where you want the communal feeling because it meant a lot to you I remember when Kurt Cobain died and this is sort of pre-internet right at the beginning and there was a spontaneous gathering at Seattle Center people wanted to be around other like-minded folks and grieve so I it's it's a real fine line but sometimes you'll see people online where it's like I have a picture with Matthew Perry. Let me find it and post it and and give some sort of anecdote. Uh, and it's like, what does that have to do with him drowning in yeah. his hot tub?
1: And then the picture that people are putting out, it's all the friends in color, and they're on the couch, and then it's him grayed. And and what are you going to do? Every time someone dies, uh, you're going to put that picture up and, and, and gray their head too? I, th- I thought that was kind of... I didn't like that. I thought that was pretty gross. I, I do want to say this about him, though, because if you've read his book or you've seen him interviewed about this book, sometimes people put out a memoir, and I think Britney Spears just sold like 1.1 million copies of her book in the first week. Uh, I see a lot of people reading that, and they say that they're they're learning a lot, and it's important. The thing that I loved about his book is that he really took you down the road of how destruction, d- destructive his life of addiction was. He took you down the road of his pain and suffering. Uh, he says personally that he probably spent $9 million trying to get clean. He talked about waking up and taking 55 Vicodin a day and shrinking a whole bottle of vodka. Um, and then recently, after writing this book, uh, he started playing pickleball. And I have some friends that have had addiction issues in the past. And I don't know what it is about pickleball, you guys, but they love pickleball. In fact, Ron and I are going to go play some uh, pickleball with one of our friends that we used to work with at... uh, Like Cairo, Josh Kearns, he's really into football right now or into pickleball. And they say that that's what Matthew was doing, that he was taking care of himself, uh, that he had played pickleball in the morning. He was playing twice a day. The thing that's kind of gross to me, though, that I don't like is they immediately said, uh, we don't know if there were drugs found in his system. There were no drugs at the scene. And then they come back and, oh, by the way, there were drugs. And then they start uh, listing the, the drugs that were at the scene, some of those for anxiety, some of those for depression, uh, some of those for COPD. I, I don't think that's any of our business. I just don't. I don't think that's any of our business. Uh, and I have to say, that kind of pissed me off. So
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, a guy at 54 years old drowning in a hot tub, it doesn't seem normal. Uh, it doesn't seem uh, probable that it was just accidental, um, but i I understand people's drive and appetite to get these details because he was in the public eye I, I i I'm with you when the if the family wants details to come out as a cautionary tale or as an anecdote or whatever, then let them put it out. But I don't think we should have an army of TMZ reporters. You know, storming the police station to get some sort of toxicology report.
1: Yeah, and when you look, and 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 that's nicely said, Ron. I agree with all that. I'll I'll just finish saying: when you look at the life of addiction that he led and what he did to his body, I have a friend that has cancer right now, and he's been around nine years, and it's 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 stage four. The reason he's been around so long because he never drank, smoked, partied, and they say that he's into his sixties now. But they say that he's had the internal organs of a thirty-year-old. I would bet that Matthew Perry's organs probably look very different because of the life of addiction, right? And sometimes those things heal, but they scar. uh, And that may have something to do with it also. And anyway, when you go back and you look at his acting chops, how amazing he was as Chandler Bing, um, as amazing as he was, I'm going to do what he said and remember him uh, for the people he helped, the addiction center that he opened, and how open he was about his own addiction in order to help others. And he said, remember this about me. If someone comes along and they say, I'm struggling, I have this life of addiction. He goes, please remember that I tried to help. And that's why he opened these addiction centers. That's why he started Pickleball. And he would invite a lot of people from that center. He turned his house into an addiction center to help people. He would invite them to come play pickleball instead of sitting at a bar. So anyway, we will miss uh, Matthew Perry. See you on the other side of this.
0: Hey, it's Ron on here with Mitch Weeks. You know him as Mitch.loans. Mitch, a lot of people find themselves in this scenario. Maybe they're downsizing, and they're like, where am I going to live when I sell this house? Because I don't have my other house yet. And it freaks them out, and sometimes they, they tap the brakes. Is there anything we can do in a loan way to help someone in that scenario? Absolutely. We have a great new program. It's called Buy Before You Sell, and it's structured to help exactly those type of people. What you can do is you tap into the equity in your home in advance. So let's say you've already paid, you've been living in a house for a while, you've already paid it down, and about half of it's equity. You can get up to 80% of the value of your house in that equity. You get that in, and that's the down payment on your next home. Hmm. Not only that, but in this program, you're not hit for your debt- on your old house or that loan because it's a zero percent interest loan and because of that you can buy your next house before you have to sell your current house means you don't have to move twice and it just adds a lot less stress yeah absolutely adds a lot less stress so if that's the scenario for you or you've been having a stumbling block if i don't know where i'm going to live first before i sell this house give mitch a call or you can contact us it's mitch.loans or run it on sitdown.com again mitch.loans
1: Hey okay, guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don show. If you need us, com, and uh, you can send us a note there as well. Did you watch the World Series? Uh, I didn't watch
0: a lot of it. I didn't watch a lot of the playoffs after the Mariners were out, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, I, I paid attention to it because I'll, I'll watch ESPN or whatever, but I, I wasn't sitting down for full games.
1: Yeah. My experience with baseball this year is pretty cool. Because my son reached an age, he wasn't interested in, in going to sporting events for a while. And now all of a sudden this year he has been. So we've gone to some Seahawks games and down the stretch, I think we went to five or six Mariner games. And sometimes we'd meet friends there, buy a ticket at the last moment, maybe on a Tuesday night. Uh, we would go there. The food at the ballpark is a little overpriced, but it's fun to eat. That's a great ballpark to sit in. I love that ballpark, the ambiance. And it was fun to watch the Mariners down the stretch before their complete collapse. (laughs) But that's okay, because think about it. They were 500. They trade away Paul Seawall to the Arizona Diamondbacks because they think they don't have a chance, and all of a sudden they have a chance down the stretch. But here we are, fast forward to the World Series. The five top teams going into the playoffs – that had the best records all year long, none of them advanced, none of them did. They all got bounced, including Tampa Bay. Remember Tampa came out, won like their first ninety eight games in a row. It was insane, and I do think baseball did a great job this year in speeding up the clock because now you know you sit there and a game wasn 't three hours and forty five minutes That's a
0: huge difference it was a huge and taking di- away the shift I think was taking great away for the, the fans. shift, but
1: I, I have to say down the stretch. And watching this World Series, and I checked in the other night, and it was 10 to nothing, Diamondbacks getting blown out. And then I think by the time you've heard this, maybe it was last night or the night before, where Texas wins, uh, fives, they do, they just, Arizona got pummeled, Texas kept sweeping. And, and the only, I don't even think, there, it was so, the games were so boring. And when it's 10 to nothing and you're in a World Series and there's no pitching duel or there's no hitting duel down the stretch, I feel really bad for baseball. And I have to say, Ron, I don't know how they're going to fix it. And I bet the I bet the TV numbers were horrible.
0: The thing I, I am excited for though is that the Rangers had never won a World Series. That team has been around for 63 years, and so I, I like it when teams break a streak like that. The Mariners have never won. Uh, I'm hoping that we don't go 63 years before a World Series comes to this town. You're Getting thinking, pretty close. Thinking, <laughs> Thinking back to how great it was when the uh, Seahawks won their first World Series or their, their first Super Bowl and what it did for just the the enthusiasm in the town. So I am excited for them to get that first victory. Um, the, the baseball universe seems to be in Texas now. You got Houston and you have uh, the Rangers, both of them, uh, uh, you know, winning World Series in the last couple of years. So I, I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying. I think that, uh, the competition committee is doing some good things, making the bases bigger, uh, speeding up the pitch clock, like all of those things are good, uh, and letting, letting guys celebrate when they get big hits, uh, and, you know, wearing the costumes and all of that stuff. So I think they're, they're taking things in the right direction, but you're right. If they don't get a bunch of, people like your son to buy into baseball and to be become a fan so that when they, as they age and have their own kids right. to keep this going baseball will be in trouble for sure. Yeah.
1: Hey you guys, thanks for listening to this edition of the Ron and Don show, episode 643. Don't forget our show comes out every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday we do a real estate edition only. Coming up this Friday, episode 645, you got to listen to it. We had some breaking news that we talked about in our last episode, 642, about real estate and about commissions, Ron. This is kind of a landmark decision, and we're going to talk about it more on Friday's show.
0: Yeah, it's a $1.8 billion verdict.
1: Yeah, and some say it could reach $5 billion over what people feel like were forced commissions in real estate. We'll tell you more about it and give you our opinion and tell you what you should do if you're sitting down with a broker and you want to negotiate those commissions, because you should negotiate those. That is important, Is not a set price. And sometimes brokers make you feel that way. Okay. Thanks again. If you need the newsletter, ronadonsitdown.com, get signed up. We don't sell your information. Uh, we'll send you kind of our home of the week, and then we'll also uh, let you know what's going on in our lives too. Also, Ronadon TV is coming, and we have our cameras all set up. In fact, we're practice shooting this with John today. John Baker, our TV guy uh, for Paul, that helps produce this show, and our good friend Alex that does all our social media. Uh, Charlie the dog is here sleeping. Of course, he's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill, and here comes my son G Force O'Neill uh, to take us out when you need us. Let's sit down. down.com Because don't forget, Ron and Don just don't sell the neighborhood. Yeah, we sell the sound. Ron and Don sell the sound. Head up. Shoulders back. Until next time, you've been listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.
0: Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>